The landscape in Arizona is changing. So is its political climate. For decades, Arizona has had a reputation as being a conservative haven. It introduced the country to politicians like Barry Goldwater and John McCain, hardliners like Jan Brewer and Joe Arpaio. But Arizona's population continues to grow. And the influx of new residents is changing our state's politics. With the ever-changing landscape of Arizona's electorate, our state is looking more like one of those battleground states that presidential candidates will covet. Once a reliably red state, Arizona has become increasingly purple. In fact, NBC News named Arizona one of the top three states to watch during the upcoming election. 2020 could invite another blue wave in Arizona. While Republicans still outnumber Democrats in the state, recent polls indicate the potential for a shift to the left. I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez, a national political reporter for the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national political reporter for the Republic. As the hosts of The Gaggle, an Arizona politics podcast, we're really curious about how the purple trend in Arizona is playing out across the state. What issues are most important to voters in each congressional district? What are their thoughts on the upcoming election? To find out, we're visiting each of the state's nine congressional districts. Over the next few months, you'll hear from voters across the state before they cast their votes. Today, we're traveling to Arizona's 5th Congressional District. This district is located in Metro Phoenix's East Valley. It includes Gilbert and Queen Creek, as well as Eastern Mesa and parts of Chandler. It's a dyed-in-the-wool conservative district with a history of voting for Republicans. The red district is represented in Congress by Andy Biggs. For Biggs, the history of expansion and economic development in his district also tells the story of its politics. As the Phoenix metro area grew, the expansion and the development in the East Valley was particularly notable. You know, this is, this is when I moved into the district, there were 12,000 people in Gilbert, for Pete's sakes. And uh, now it's the fastest growing uh, district in practically the entire United States. One of the things that's allowed CD5 to grow is its infrastructure. Biggs said that the East Valley's freeway system was developed before other parts of the valley, and that allowed for the growth of other industries and services. But you see uh, a lot of restaurants, a lot, of, a lot more entertainment venues. You see a lot more um, uh, uh, parks that have been developed and created as well. I mean, so I live about two minutes from the repair, one of the riparian preserves out here. It's, it draws people from all over the world to come watch birds for, for, uh, for the last five, ten years. Big said he's even seen developments in the arts sector, too. He pointed to the Southwest Shakespeare Festival in Mesa and the Hale Theater that ran year-round plays before the pandemic. You've seen uh, kind of, I would say, somewhat, uh, some people would call it a maturation, uh, but I would say it's much more of a suburbanization uh, than uh, you otherwise would have had. And that development had an economic impact as well. We asked Biggs about the largest employers in the district. Of course, you're going to have uh, all the school districts uh, are, the, are the, probably the top employer. For context here, the Mesa, Gilbert, and Chandler school districts are some of the largest in the state. 
Uh, but you have Boeing, which is a, a huge employer. Intel employs a lot. Uh, Northrop Grumman, uh, uh, which used to be Orbital ATK, employs a whole lot. So we've got a lot of defense and, and um, uh, uh, aeronautic sector folks here. Big said he sees a lot of small to mid-sized businesses that are connected to companies like Boeing as well. The businesses themselves are small, but the number of them is substantial. So um, if you go around Gilbert or Mesa, Chandler, Queen Creek, you're going to see machine shops and other design uh, companies that work and do b business with these big companies. And uh, they might have a 25-person firm or maybe 15 or maybe 50 but, but you see that, that spinoff has been enormous. CD5 is one of the most affluent, well-educated districts, and that's not just in Arizona. It has one of the lowest high school dropout rates in the country. Biggs attributed the affluence of this district to economic patterns that emerged during its development. They had a lot of pioneer families in Gilbert and Mesa and, and Queen Creek and Chandler. So you have all of that. Then you had uh, a big agricultural presence and as you saw Boeing come in and the influx of California business and, and, and folks moving over here, what you saw is, is this, um, um, uh, this need. I mean, that is, there was a need for high-quality housing and high-quality schools. Biggs is a strong supporter of school choice. And in his opinion, school choice really improves the quality of education in his district. And a lot of school choice out here as well. So there's the competition for to provide a good education is really uh, robust here in the district. And CD5 continues to grow. Voter registration in the area shows that the district has registered more Democrats than any other since the state map was last redrawn in 2011. For his part, Biggs hopes that the new registered voters won't bring more liberal policies found in states like California with them. There's a reason you came here. Uh, the, the houses are cheaper. Uh, your company can uh, pay you this basically the same thing, but you're going to have the effect of a third of your income increased. It's, so I'm trying to, uh, to, even if they may be on the other side of the aisle, to try to recruit them to understand that we're going to try to keep you uh, uh, well-educated, good transportation infrastructure, but we're going to also need you to kind of give us the room to be Arizona. And it's worth noting that despite the growing number of Democrats in the district, it remains a solidly red spot in Maricopa County. It's also a highly religious community. I think it really impacts it. It, it makes it a very community-focused and um, family-focused um, district. Churches are involved. There's a lot of service projects going on constantly in the district because of the, of the faith-based community. In short, here's how Biggs described his district. With that kind of growth and with that kind of, uh, with the quality of jobs that are here, it, it leads to um, good schools, uh, good school choice. It leads to, to good-paying jobs. Before the novel coronavirus outbreak, Biggs said that two issues consistently polled as the most important for his district, education and immigration. But, as with so many other things, Biggs said the pandemic has put these issues on the back burner. Bob McGinnis is an 83-year-old retiree who lives in Chandler. Bob said he's a lifelong Republican, and like most people, he said he's very concerned with our government's response to the outbreak. 
what's being done about it and uh, how effective it's been and how effective Congress has been, and which I give him about a D plus maybe. Bob said he's particularly worried about the inflation that could be caused by the government printing money and lots of it in response to the recent economic collapse. You know, are they going to be able to budget in a way to, to reduce the deficit or is it just going to keep climbing because that is a, is a real concern. So far, Biggs has voted against all of the coronavirus spending packages. He feels this is in step with what voters in his district want, despite the fact that he's taken some heat for it. I think the district's actually pretty conservative. Um, they want uh, uh, a balanced budget at the federal level if they could get it. They would like a strong economy. Uh, they, would, they would like us to um, basically tame the size and scope of the federal government, if possible. Uh, which uh, I'm finding out is, is it's, it's, that's a pretty tall order. However, not everyone agrees with that order. Melinda Napoli is a 51-year-old from Mesa. She worked in financial services and banking for years before moving to the nonprofit sector. Although she had been registered as a Republican, she changed her political affiliation to independent last year. She said she was so frustrated with the partisan politics. I'm a big proponent of of DACA because I don't believe that the youth did, you know, that they did anything wrong and they don't belong back to where they came from when they haven't been there in years. Um, You know, gun control um, certainly is important, too. But, you know, we don't make progress on any of it because we don't work across the aisles. We're so partisan. And I mean, you know, gun control is a really good example where I think about 70 percent of those polls say that we ought to make sensible gun reform moves. But the Senate, Republican control, won't even take it up. Melinda is very concerned about health care, including any potential threats to the Affordable Care Act, more commonly known as Obamacare. I can't get my head around the fact that we've got folks that would want to pursue a repeal without any sort of options in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> it's like, it's just, like the irony just blows my mind. Melinda was working in the financial sector when the Great Recession hit. She was laid off from a mortgage company during that time, and she was unable to find her husband health care because he was taking medication for high blood pressure. Luckily, you know, I got another job and that's fine. But um I mean, especially for people who are, you know, say, call it between 50 and 65, where you start to get potentially chronic health problems and maybe you can't work and you're not so sick that you're disabled, but you can't do the same job that you've always done. You know, and if we go, if we repeal and go back, you, you, then you have no coverage if you're sick. There's just there's no way to get coverage. So how will Congressman Andy Biggs fare in 2020? He recognizes that his staunchly conservative, deep-red politics don't always appeal to everyone in his district, including more moderate conservatives. That's why we do the town halls. We, if, if, if we have people that don't like me, I'm willing to entertain them, let them come on. Uh, because it's important for them to be able to have their say, but what I try to remind them is um, I can't represent everybody the way you want me to represent you. Um, because... 
there are some people here who are like, they may be uh, a Bernie Sanders acolyte. Well, you know what? I'm never going to be Bernie Sanders. Uh, there's no way we're going there. One voter who doesn't always agree with Biggs is Mike Flores. Mike is a 68-year-old retiree who lives in Gilbert. Mike feels that our country has become too polarized over the years. It, that's why we have the election cycles that we do, so that if we get become too partisan Democrat or too partisan Republican, the extremes used to, you know, center themselves out. But we, now we have the, the rule of laws being challenged, you know, uh, and people who are speaking a truth to power um, aren't necessarily seeing the, the benefits of that. So I, I think that it's serious. One thing that will be tested whether Biggs's alignment with the Trump administration will pay off big or cost him a lot. For Mike, the relationship Biggs has with Trump is really worrying. Biggs represents the extreme because he is part of the Freedom Cox Party. And I know he's very close to Trump. He's seen him pictured at the different ball games with him, etc. Although Biggs is confident with his performance, there are some voters who are less than thrilled with the actions of the Republican Trump administration. That includes Bob McGinnis, the lifelong Republican from Chandler. I'm not at all happy with our current president. I think he has got a, uh, a real problem. So depending on how voters view Trump in November, a lot could change for Biggs. All right, listeners, let's dive into Afterthoughts. This district has been rapidly growing for both Democrats and Republicans. That means when the political map is redrawn next year, Biggs should have a big interest in seeing whether it's more of a mixed district or whether it's cutting into something else to preserve its safely conservative nature for another decade. Ron, how might that influence his politics heading into future cycles? Yeah, this is going to be probably the most interesting thing in Andy Biggs's career, at least in the foreseeable future. Um, the Southeast Valley, where he is located, has been really kind of a, a significant growth area in population for the state of Arizona. And when the redistricting commission is formed next year and, and tasked with redrawing the state's maps, clearly they're going to have to, you know, cut through that area as much as any other. They're going to redraw the entire map, but that area in particular will probably be significantly different in terms of where the final borders are uh, sitting. And, you know, I can't help but think of how Paul Gosar, another very conservative Republican, was different when he represented a more moderate district that encompassed northeastern Arizona compared to the the district he currently represents that encompasses northwestern Arizona. It's much more conservative and less competitive with voters. When Gosar was in that more competitive district, he was the, someone who was voting to make sure that we, for example, raised the debt ceiling for President Barack Obama. And he took a lot of heat for that kind of vote because a lot of conservatives found that insufficiently conservative. They thought it was an irresponsible move. If Andy Biggs ends up in a district where he feels more political heat, you might see votes like that coming in the future. One of the things that we heard a lot from, from voters was um, – some dismay and disappointment about his votes uh, against the coronavirus relief packages. 
Do you think he digs into those deeps a little further or, you know, does he try to start walking this tightrope to try to appeal to more moderate Republicans? You know, Andy Biggs is, as he has told us both, he's just, he's conservative. He's to the right and he's proud of it and has, you know, put together that kind of long conservative record when he was in the state legislature as well. So, um, Seeing Biggs move anywhere but further to the right would be, you know, really hard to imagine right now. And again, it would only be out of absolute political necessity that he would move even a step toward what we would call the middle. So, um, you know, the coronavirus votes were uh, principled ones for him and also had the luxury of not denying people what they were desperately needing. Um, if there were a close vote, I think Andy Biggs might feel a lot more pressure to uh, to get with the, the majority. So, Yvonne, the Gilbert Chandler line was one of the areas that we looked at earlier in the year to see where we saw the most ticket splitting for Kirsten Cinema and Doug Ducey in 2018. This is part of Biggs's district and, and really kind of suggests that there's at least pockets of his district that are kind of uh, reachable and more moderate by nature in their voting. What are your thoughts on how this kind of plays into the, the district, its nature and its future? So we talked to quite a few of these people uh, several months ago, and there are um, a lot of transplants from California and um, other states who are bringing with them their politics that aren't completely aligned with what it means to be a Republican in Arizona or what it means to be a Democrat in Arizona. So these are people who both sides are intensely trying to reach and to message to ahead of the cycle. That means they're talking to the things that these people care about the most, keeping their families safe from the coronavirus, making sure that they have access to affordable and quality health care, making sure that they are um, talking to these people who have pre-existing conditions like diabetes or high blood pressure like Melinda's husband, um, people who really understand what the real world, real life consequences of both Republican policies and Democrat policies could be in 2020. And a lot of these people simply see this cycle as a referendum on Donald Trump. And this um, area will become much more intensely focused on in 2020 by both sides and outside groups. And while they may not be able to connect with them in the ways that they were able to during the last cycle by going door to door and talking to them person to person, you can expect to see a lot more mailers targeted to these people. You can expect to see um, digital messaging uh, on YouTube, Hulu, um, any online presence where they feel like they can get these guys stepped up and to levels that we have never, ever seen in this state given our battleground status. That's it for today, Gaggle listeners. Thank you so much for listening to our special episode on Congressional District 5. Audio in today's episode came from Fox News, KPNX Channel 12, and NBC News. We'll be visiting each congressional district throughout the state leading up to the election. 
So subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you don't miss a single one of them. And while we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget. And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced by Katie O'Connell with help from Marisa Dominguez. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week.